The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. Hang on, I'll just get my line, I mean, uh, lines. Tonight's song is... Jerusalem from I Am Curious Orange, uh, released October 24th, 1988. I know we've done uh, earlier an earlier Michael Clark ballet, but this was yeah. like the second Michael Clark slash fall ballet, which is uh, I Am Curious Orange, or Orange as Mark says. Orange. Yeah. Uh, which is... <laughs> Which is one based on William of Orange, who I quickly looked up today because I was like, I don't know anything about. I asked Melissa because she's usually the British history person. She's the smart one here about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She's just a smart one in general. uh, (laughs) And she wasn't quite sure, so she couldn't remember. So what I remember about what I read on Wikipedia was... William of Orange was uh, so Orange is actually now part of Southern France, which is oh, which makes sense as to why you know Mark was always like Orange. <laughs> um, so uh, he, he what was it? He was um, he's the one who kind of stood up to the Stuarts apparently. Okay, and. What did they call it? The Glorious Revolution in the 17th century. So he was, he kind of moved the more the, the monarchy to uh, parliament rather than it being like flat out mark monarchy. Okay. I have people are people have no idea what I'm talking about, and neither do I right now. So um, <laughs> so basically, look up <laughs> of Orange if you want to know. Um, and then also the title is based is a play off of a Swedish film. Well, two of them, which was I Am Curious Blue and I Am Curious Yellow. Yeah, which I've seen both of them. I've not seen either of those. Are those worth checking out? Yeah, I think so because they're kind of like these. It's right at the time of Sweden becoming more it's like socialist democracy, and so there's lots of it's lots of joking about you know late sixties um, social democracy and students and revolutions and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, they it gets called a softcore porn a lot because they because that's the kind of places. Because art houses also show porn films right. that get people to come in at that time period. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think they're both Criterion, too. So yeah. It's been I, a long time since I've seen them, but uh, I would say they're worth it. Because I could, I mean, basically, I watched them because I was like, oh, I guess this is related to the Fall album because I didn't know. And we had a really good um, art house theater slash video store in Lawrence so oh that's nice yeah so they had all kinds of stuff yeah I just happened to look out so (laughs) I just I I, you know it's one of those movies I think even before Criterion released a version that has like both of those movies in there um, it's one th- one of those things I knew about, but only th- um, understood it to be like a really kind of you know sexy movie. If it you is will. it is kind of sex filled, but yeah, it's not. 
But it's not like titillating. Is, not, that, is that what it is? Yeah, it's not like it, prurient I mean, interests. It's not. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a whack job film, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was the first thing that popped to mind. But um, no, I think they're worth watching. It's definitely like. It's kind of like true foe ish. Okay. You know, like that sort of thing. Um, I'll have to check those out. Where reality and documentary and fiction. Yeah, it's like, and a, like it's all big. It's like a Martin Luther King element to that as well, isn't there? I don't know. I think I read that. Is but there? Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> Maybe? Wouldn't surprise me. No. I wouldn't put it past. Would, it, no. They, those uh, art house films of the 60s. I wouldn't put it past. 60s art house yeah. films. Who knows yeah. about any of that shit? So, um, so Jerusalem. So Jerus- back to Jerusalem, yes. Jerusalem. So uh, in order to get into Jerusalem, and not to break the fourth wall, fifth estate, Sure. Uh, but since we're recording three of these at a time, we're doing basically the first two are about authors. I, I want, I'm entering into these songs through authors. Right. So just wanted to let everybody know that. <laughs> uh, the third one I was going to use an author, but it turns out the author's... But it's about an author in quotation marks, not about an author. Right. So, yeah. Anyway. So this author, though... Uh, is William Blake and Jerusalem is based on one of his poems um, let's see what is it oh it's the uh, it's like the preface to his book um, Milton the poem in two books is mm-hmm. is basically the words for Jerusalem um, it starts and did those feet in ancient time blah 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 but um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, basically Jerusalem became a I think it's the unofficial anthem of of England yeah it's it's an unofficial it's it's not the official one Um, it was uh, set to music uh, by uh, I can't really read my notes Hubert Perry I believe in 1916 okay uh, the poem was as Jerusalem and um Man, yeah, it gets sung at like all kinds of events. I mean, British people know it, or at least English. It's like a school song. Yeah, is, it's like know. a yeah, it's like private schools sing it. Yeah, and, you know, you sing it at get-togethers and uh, you know. Yeah, I, I remember the the first I had heard it was a Monty Python episode. Oh really? Where there was they sort of wound that through a lot of the sketches, just you know. Oh, Eric, that makes sense. Eric Idle singing it, and you know, yeah, them sort of I just, playing off of it a little bit. I yeah. remember, I remember hearing about private school kids having to sing it, yeah, or somewhere along the way, yeah, and not having paid too much attention to what it was until I realized it was William Blake, and, right. and I'll actually get to William Blake here in a minute. Yes, please do. But um, so Jerusalem is actually, like I said, the unofficial uh, sort of anthem of England, uh, with words by William Blake. And Mark's take on this song is basically taking a lot of William Blake Blake's poem that the song is based on, mm. and then adding in this really funny part where a guy slips and falls on a banana peel. But anyway, <laughs> so th- just to scoop back a bit, uh, William Blake, he was a, um, he, li- he lived from 1757 to 1827. Um, he was a poet, a painter, a printmaker, and strangely enough, a visionary Christian writer who also strangely enough Hated organized religion. <laughs> um, he was also considered a mystic. Um, and I, 
I'd actually seen a documentary on YouTube, and I hate saying that even. <laughs> makes me sound like an asshole. But uh, but because you know, I've I've liked William Blake for a long time now. Because mm-hmm. um, I I know like Tiger Tiger Burning Bright. I learned that in like high school or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like I know I have run into William Blake all most of my life. So um but but I was going to say in one of the um in this documentary they made a big deal of it like he a his brother died when he was fairly young. Mm-hmm. And he talked to his brother for the rest of his life and lots of other dead people cuz he talked to dead people like he carried on conversations saw angels and dead people like he was like a hardcore mystic sort of person did he do a lot of drugs he didn't because back then i guess all you could get was opium and still <laughs> yeah, he, he he was a, apparently a fairly straight guy he just was wow. very into he was a, he was a religious person and believed like angels were as real as people and you know and that the dead were around us and he could talk to them so he talked to his brother a lot um, so there's that whole magic element with okay. the Marky Smith idea. The other thing about um, Blake is that he was largely self-taught. So he was an apprentice printmaker for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he couldn't really afford to go to school, though. So he wasn't, like, you know, of the elite he he had to work for a living. Okay. Um, it's just that he also was a poet uh, who wrote these um, kind of long and well, no, they're short poems, but there but there will be many poems. He wrote books rather than just like a poem at a time. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, or at least that's how I take it. You're getting the Wikipedia version of William Blake, <laughs> and there's many books out there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, um, but also what was cool about Blake was because he was a printmaker. These poems were actually created with prints, like with artwork, and as part of the artwork. Okay. So all those all so whenever somebody talks about William Blake's books, he's he's the one that made them. And so the artwork goes hand in hand with the actual poem. I see. So, yeah, so that's why, like, he's an artist and poet. And they were actually on the same plates. Mm -hmm. And, like, everything was together. He didn't, like, make a couple of different plates. They were on the same plate. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a very, um, they're very intricate. And, like, if you're going to get a William Blake book, get one that has the artwork in it. Okay. (laughs) Because they're very cool. Or, you know, I guess at this point... All the artworks out there, and you can just look at it online. That's but, what know. I know of him. Actually, more than his writing is his art, mm-hmm. and I don't know why that is. Because I, you know, I do like poetry, and I, I've read a lot of his, you know, contemporaries. So I'm not sure why I just never got into his stuff. I think a lot of it is. I don't. Well, for me, a lot of it seems to be like because you. Or at least I, and I think most people who get mm-hmm. into poetry early learn it in high school or learn it early on. Okay. Um, it's kind of like Emily Dickinson doesn't get as much of her due. Plus, you True. know, it all rhymes, and everybody's like, I hate rhyming poetry. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It seems very simple, but it's not. Right. It's one of those sorts of things. And also in this documentary, Ginsburg is talking about uh, Blake and yeah. saying I know he that. He was a big fan. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, 
Seeing that Blake used to sing his poems, like they were basically songs. Right. So, you know, it's it's there's lots of uh, things that go between Mark and uh, and Blake. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it being the sort of like self-made man idea. Right. There's also the fact that most people thought Blake was insane because he saw <laughs> and talked to dead people, but also because he was just like the mad poet. Um, but also he got, uh, you know, arrested for beating the shit out of somebody and he got, I, I don't think he was arrested, but he was in part of a big, like, um, it was, it was kind of like a riot, but not a, not, it was just, you know, 18th century riot. Okay. So, um, <laughs> very uh, polite riot. Yeah. And so like people were yelling and stuff, but you know, it was still very, you know, like, and also another thing about Blake is like he's kind of everything to everybody. So when you get into the poem that Jerusalem is based on, you get the, the line about the satanic mills, yeah, the dark satanic mills um, of England, basically. So lots of that. So lots of socialists take that as a like anti-capitalist sort of idea. Um, at the same time, you know, a lot of people see him as a Christian poet. So therefore, lots of people who are big into Christianity, like follow that kind of, you know, follow Blake. If they follow poetry at all, which right. is, who knows? Cause Pretty rare, honestly. He, here in America, yeah, that's definitely a rarity. But yeah. um, so he's kind of, he kind of is a everything to everyone sort of artist as far right. as I can tell, you know, as far as I know. Because he's, what I've been reading is like, you know, he sort of pitched his poems as sort of being for common people. Yeah, exactly. He's like, that's where another word, another thing where his, the self-made yeah artist uh, kind of plays in. He made it so that other people can uh, understand what he's talking about right. and read it. Because um, he's not using like heightened language like other no. poets from that era would have. Used. No, yeah, definitely. He's using sort of the everyday language. So in the 20th century, he would have been something like, you know, William Carlos Williams or right. Allen Ginsberg or somebody like yeah. that. Um, so he's definitely, he's he's using symbols from... Well, he's definitely using like Christian symbols because one of his books is Songs of Innocence and one of the other is Songs, Songs of, of Experience. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and the strange thing being Songs of Experience being the more sort of, even though it's supposed to deal with evil a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually not as evil or not something. As, not as dark. Not as yeah. dark. Yeah. It's, it's okay. like, it's got more like Christian ideas, I think. Is basically the basic idea of, yeah, or at least morality, so moral sort of ideas yeah. rather than not necessarily Christian, but since he's Christian, you get a blah blah blah. <laughs> anyway, I can see then why Marky e. Smith would be attracted to his work, uh-huh. just using because if we want to talk about Marky e. Smith the poet, which I think he was to a, a, a great degree, he was using. You know the the popular medium of the time, rock music, to get his point across and get his words out there. Yeah, which definitely. you know, Blake. Who knows? Blake came out in the seventies, <laughs> man. Maybe he would have been a rock band. We don't know. <laughs> Who's that guy? Larry Norman, the Christian guy that all right. everybody loves. <laughs> yeah, he's actually pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
But no, it could have been, you know, it could have yeah. been like the uh, British version of whatever's going on. Yeah. It could have been whatever. But yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I definitely think that, like like I said, the self, self-made self artist is right. definitely a big thing for Mark, or yeah. the autodidact, I guess, is the term that, like especially Mark Fisher uses a lot of. Yeah. Or uses it a lot, not a lot of, because it's only <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> one thing um but yeah i think i think that the idea that um you know we're going to be talking about another sort of autodidact in a bit but yeah. you, you know william blake was definitely i think you can see how mark would have been very into it and i think that also it, this being sort of a 20th century hymn mm-hmm. um because actually part of jerusalem like Jerusalem, within the hymn and within the kind of poem, uh, stands for, like, basically England itself. Yeah. And um, basically, Jerusalem, within the hymn, represents heaven in the Church of England, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's Church of England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not just the church in England, but, like, yeah, the, the Church of England. Yeah, the yeah. actual, like, one of the biggest religions in England. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think that, you know, that's a big deal. Um, I think also what I found interesting is that there's a little bit of uh, sort of conspiracy theory within the song, because apparently the poem and the hymn are all based on the idea that uh, Jesus traveled to England at some point with his uncle, Joseph of Arimathea, and much like the uh, <laughs> the idea that Jesus also came to America <laughs> with you know with that religion, uh, the Martin Luther, yeah, yeah. is that it? <laughs> um, or is it or is it the Mormons? It's the, no, it's the Mormons. Yeah. That's it. The Mormons yeah. thought that so much like the Mormons and Jesus walking to America and talking to the natives that were here. Yeah, uh, Jesus. According to this conspiracy theory that is embedded within Jerusalem, <laughs> came to England and, you know, like England became Jerusalem then. And like he just happened to travel over with Joseph of Arimathea. They walked around England, then went back home or something. Yeah, I'm not, I didn't spend too much time on it because I was just like, cool place you got here. I want to head back. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> but I thought, I thought that was pretty great because, you know, Mark was such a big. Uh, is such a huge fan, seemingly, of conspiracy theories, yeah. and uh, at least we've talked about several on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so I figured that worked out well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I think that another big thing, and this has nothing to do with Mark, but the you know uh, that Blake was actually really unknown uh, within his time, and then became huge, like mm. the William Blake long after he had died. Really? Like it, it became okay. more of a romantics era sort of thing. And then like the romantic poets talked about him and then uh William William Carlos Williams or, you know, Ginsburg mm-hmm. or whoever else was a huge fan of Blake. And I'm guessing <laughs> because I'm a Amer- <laughs> I study more American poetry than British I'm guessing there's some British poets in the twentieth century who liked William Blake, but you know right, yeah, I only I'm, know I'm, American I'm... ones. So um <laughs> that's why I brought those up. Just because I, I'm a huge Williams fan. So, um, Same. So I think that, you know, those guys read Romantic Poets. The Romantics read Blake and worshipped... 
didn't worship him, but like, you know, was holding him up as like the unknown artist. So it's a very romantic ideal to find like, look at this crazy guy who was right. a printer and wrote <laughs> his poems. And everybody's like, ooh, yeah, it's a very romantic sort of yeah. ideal. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. Not not that I'm foretelling Marky e. Smith being like, you know, some sort of hologramish. <laughs> concert, you know, attendee, like right. in, in 50 years or something, but you know, God, um, I hope not. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope not as well, but we'll be dead by then anyway. So, yeah, there matter. you go, or maybe not. Maybe we'll all be holograms by then. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, that was what I had on William Blake. I think that kind of covers him in a, like I said, in a very Wikipedia sort of yeah, way. Yeah, rough draft. Sort of, that's fine, though. I, you know. You know, I definitely think anyone interested should go out, check out the artwork and poems. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into his poems some more now that I know yeah. a little bit more about him. Because I had no idea there was that whole angle of him feeling like he could see angels and yeah. commune with so spirits and stuff. Yeah. I actually stole... I usually cut these out, but I'll, I'll leave this in. Uh, so there was a Harvey Girls song that I stole one of his lines. Okay. And it was a weird line, and I think it's the actual line is something like, the tigers of war beat the horses of instruction, or something like that. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, which I have no idea what the hell that means. But I Sounds changed good, it. Though. I changed it to the word war to passion and use it as a chorus for a Harvey Girls oh, song. Oh, cool. Yeah, so... A little Easter so, egg for you fans out there. Yay! None of you listen. Um, anyway, so... Uh, so, no, I've, I've, I've always really liked Wayne Blake, and, like, I like the the fact that he uses weird symbols, like tigers, and... Yeah. I've always liked that about him, because, like, tigers stand for stuff, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, big, scary beasts. Right. You know, um, because they appear... They, I believe Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright is from Songs of Experience. Okay. I don't think it's Innocence. Huh. But anyway. All right. Um, so, yeah, go out, get yourself some William Blake, or just look him up on the internet. But um, what that has to do with the song, I don't know. <laughs> um, no. No, you know, I just know Marky e. Smith was a big fan. Yeah, yeah. And, and it makes sense to want to work this, you know, the unofficial anthem of England into a musical about William of Orange who's one of the big you know right yeah who has kind of led us led Britain to where they are now yeah I think is kind of the idea um and I, and I do know why I brought all that up. I was just yeah joking. okay so, yeah um <laughs> I was just gonna say like so within the song like um what did I write uh the first two stanzas of the fall song are the actual hymn so right. And I didn't open up my uh, my iPad. Sorry, I've got um, it right here. If you so, want, so yeah, to... you you read the you read the actual uh, the actual text. Uh, yeah. And did those streets in ancient time walk upon mountains green? That's a, he messes with it a little bit there. The street, you know, the streets walking upon right. mountains green. Yeah. And was the holy lamb of God on England's ple- pleasant pastures seen? And did the countenance divine shine forth on clouded hills? And was Jerusalem in the dark satanic mills? Right. So yeah, that's that's the for the most part, I think. Yeah, he he keeps pretty close to the text, but he messes with it a little bit there. Yeah, it's just because not... it fits in better, I think, with the rest of the song, where yeah. he's mess, where he's you know, telling this this the so, jo- the jokey section he talks about. Yeah, you know? yeah. So so he. 
he used Blake's words, and then he, in between using Blake's words, because uh, he kind of ends with it, too, mm-hmm. he has this part about a guy who slips on a banana peel. <laughs> um, Cracks his head on a building, yeah, or part of then, a building. And then, like, sues the government. <laughs> or basically, or says it's the government's fault. Says so it's the government's fault, but doesn't get the payout he was hoping for. Yeah, so he doesn't get the payout. Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, what is it? What is it? Oh, let's see. In the fall song, man falls on street after sleeping on banana peel, who blames the government for his lack of pin slash condom slash semi-autism problems. Right? Because, like... <laughs> because there's some... It's, like, the language is kind of weird yeah. there. But basically... And then and then it goes back into, like, the idea that... Um, or it goes back into the Blake words yeah. towards the end. But it's that weird, funny balance of him, like, you know, using this uh, poem that's praising the country and praising the land of England and then spending the, the, the middle section talking about what a shithole it is and why they're not, they're not <laughs> taking care of their people. I'm going to emigrate to Sweden or Poland where we're going to get looked after right. better. Yeah. And I think also I, I heard, I listened to a, Oh, it was a, it was another uh, podcast. It was called the Zoomorphosis. I think uh, it's actually a William Blake po- podcast. Oh, interesting. So, but they had one on the, the relationship between Mark, because he's English, yeah. or from Britain at least, he had the relationship between Mark and William Blake. And it was only like, it was surface, but what he brought up mm-hmm. and what I thought was interesting is that, so because socialists, and you know, the, the, you can look at that dark satanic mills line as sort of a, a pro working class idea, right? Um, but then Mark brings in this whole weird nanny state idea <laughs> of like, oh, I hurt myself. Government needs to pay me money, right? And then move it back into the Blake thing, and that's what the guy from the Zoomorphosis podcast. Shout and out. I'm sorry, we'll we'll put that we'll put that in our notes, but uh, um, it brought up basically saying yeah. that Mark was kind of fucking with anyone because Mark is most of what Mark does seemingly is poke an eye in or poke someone in the eye who brings up anything right because like that's yeah. what Mark does he's confrontational yeah so he's, like he's yeah. like oh you think Contrarian. this is about like yeah. pro working class socialism but what that leads to is just the nanny state right. you know and around the, and, <laughs> and I believe around this time he was saying like uh that the invasion of uh, oh man, I'm gonna screw this the up. The Falklands. Yeah, like the, that song "Shipbuilding." It's about the yeah, Falklands. Yeah. So Mark was actually saying that we Britain should have invaded the Falklands around this time. <laughs> like everyone else in the, in the music world of Britain was like, no, you know, and yeah, like Elvis Costello famously wrote "Shipbuilding" for Robert Wyatt to sing. Right. Or. He wrote the lyrics, and uh, what was that guy's name that wrote the music? Uh, anyway, we'll put that on our notes, too. <laughs> or I'll just cut this shit out, and no one will know. <laughs> anyway, so Mark, Mark was just saying, like, you know, he had actually said in some interview that Britain should have invaded the Falklands because <laughs> they had the right to or something. It's just like, you really, you know. It was Clive Langer. Wrote the music right. for the shipbuilding from right. the Langer and Winston Lee 
Yeah, exactly. Songwriting and production duo. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you wondered. I mean, 98% of the time when I read some interview with Mark, I, I'm basically wondering who he's trying to... Yeah. If he's just trying to put off the interviewer or the guy that's sitting at the table with them that doesn't get mentioned or, like, someone he was reading about. Yeah. Like, he was just trying to piss someone off. He's like, very much like Dylan in that way, just, like, fucking with interviewers. Yeah. Just because, you know, he knows whatever he says is going to get printed. So he's like, well, let's just, you know, let's see if I can play, how far I can push these <laughs> these weird concepts I have in my head and see how much of this they actually print. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. No, totally. And so so this whole song, I think, is kind of like that. Yeah. Or that's how I, I agree with that take, at least, on the song, is basically, like, you have the hymn, the unofficial hymn of England, here we go. And then the story cuts to some guy who slips on a banana peel of all things, which is a most ridiculous <laughs> the like most setup, slapsticky, Andy Cap kind of thing you could throw into the song. You know? <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't think of Andy Cap, but that's totally Andy Cap. Yeah, like no. And then like, you know, so so it's just uh, kind of this ridiculous sort of take on the nanny state, which was actually that's what was. And personally, as a person who's very much a leftist, don't at me i don't care i don't give you a fuck you haven't figured it out by now by listening to this show yeah i know, yeah, I know. the wrong don't listen there, to the buddy. old ones yeah but um you know as someone who is a leftist and believe that and knows something about knows more about reagan but knows something about uh the british culture at that right. time with thatcher knowing that there was tons of shit going on that was as far as the nanny state, they that really doesn't exist anymore for, like, college students, you know, it was much easier to go to school at that time and have England, you know, the state pay for it. Yeah. Whereas that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whatever. But I just thought that was an interesting... It is an interesting thing for Mark to do to a song, especially for something about William of Orange, you know, like moving it and, and you know, a, a sort of set the stage for modern England. Yeah, yeah a ballet, a ballet about, with, with buttless, <laughs> like, you know, showing people's asses and gigantic stuff. hamburgers and, and gigantic hamburgers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just thought that, I just felt like that was a really good take on the on the song. Absolutely. A really good take on William Blake, because I'm sure William Blake would have done the same sort of yes. shit. Uh, <laughs> if he was getting interviewed yeah, you know, every yeah. other week by the sounds or enemy. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would, I think also Dylan's, a, I'm guessing Dylan would be a Blake fan as well. Oh, I think we so. We haven't brought up Dylan much on this podcast. I think so. I mean, but, I know he was, a, he was a big Ginsburg guy, and I, yeah. you know, I think so they'll sort of go hand in hand, because... Ginsburg always talked about what a big influence Blake was on yeah, his work. So, exactly. Yeah. I think I think you would have to know have to know those two are linked somehow. Yeah, exactly. Um Yeah. So anyway, that's most of what I had about William Blake and <laughs> Jerusalem. It's a great song. It's a great album. One of my favorite fall albums, I'm Curious Orange. Yeah, I like it. I Me being contrarian on <laughs> In my own way, I'm always way more of an early, like I, I know we've said this many yeah. times. I'm always way more of an early fall fan. Sure. So when I came to that one, I was like, "Whoa, that's weird." Yeah. Um, although I had listened, I really liked this Nation's Same Grace mm-hmm. and Wonderful Frightening World. It was just that it seemed like that became even more 
polished and they kept becoming more and more polished around that time it felt like i mean, could be completely wrong about no, this I don't because think it you're was wrong. years ago when i really was starting to get into this stuff i don't so. think you're wrong because i i think that was what am i trying to say i think it's potentially a uh, a purposeful move on mark's Definitely. part yeah, because I think so. um you know obviously bringing bricks into the band who brought that more sort of commercial element to the 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 sound mm-hmm. and the songwriting and helping to uh you know actually get them chart hits but then like you know they're working with Ian Brody on this record who right. is like a pop producer like makes his own pop records as the lightning seeds right. and has produced tons of other people like uh, I think he worked with Echo and the Bunnymen yeah. at a certain point uh plus you know, yeah he does have that lightning seed song that I love I yeah. I never I never did spend much time with him but that one song I remember hearing that in high school and yeah, it was just but, amazing. Yeah, but he worked, you know, he you know worked with the Colorfield, Wall of Voodoo, uh, yeah. Dodgy Sleeper, you know, even up to, you know, as recently as, you know, 2009 uh, releasing stuff on his own and bands like the Coral and the Subways were like big, you know, pop bands in England. Yeah, yeah. And so he he didn't he do like a Soccer specific song in the 2000s. Oh, I think or so. If it wasn't a specific song, it was a big soccer, like a stadium big song, anthemic. Yeah. Yes. Here. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Three Lions is the song. Took That's it to number right. one for says the Euro '96 and France '98 tournaments for the English teams. So, oh, okay. So it was the 2000s. Go. Was basically was. Yeah. Like, right. On, right on the cusp. Close. And I yeah. think. And it looks like no, yeah. It, it looks like in the years it's you know it's been released and re-released multiple times and always goes to number one when England's <laughs> in the hunt. And it was it happened right. in 2018 when uh, you know when England was in the World Cup in Russia. So right. it was recently, it was last year. Crazy. So yeah. So Maybe. yeah. So I don't think you know I, I don't think Paul uh, Marky Smith was averse to being a pop star of some measure or at least having some measure of pop success so, no i don't think so either so so yeah but i can understand how you know someone who grew up or maybe knew the early stuff first would be put off by that yeah whereas i you know because i came into it from the very you know pop oriented angle from what i was listening to at the time like i had to come in through that door uh-huh. of you know um <clears throat> this station saving grace ex- uh, extricate era you know, it was where I sort of slipped in. Right. I was still trying to play I, a little more poppy or a sound. And know? I think I said Extricate was the first album I ever bought by them completely by accident. Because yeah, that's right. I yeah. had heard about them and I ended up buying it. And I was like, that <laughs> is totally nothing like what I was thinking it was. <laughs> right. I probably still have that around because it was on cassette or something. Yeah. But me being me, and I've done this with every band. Sure. Starting from REM in high school to probably now. Is I just go backwards instead of yeah, like yeah, start, yeah. instead of like going and so and usually by the time they put out another album I'm off to something else because <laughs> I'm a dick like that. Well, so, I have to worry about that with the fall now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I'm usually like, but yeah. So that's that's the only thing. That's why okay. I haven't gone back to I am Curious Orange in a while. Yeah, um, I only did recently because there was a, a vinyl reissue that Beggars Banquet put out. They're like oh, reissuing right. a lot of their archival stuff on vinyl, and it, they put it out with like uh, a reproduction of the the program that you would get if you went to the performances oh. in the vinyl, which is pretty cool. And I, if I, I was uh, smart enough, I would have brought it with me, but. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're smart enough and kind enough and 
people like you. That's uh, an old Saturday Night people. Live thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, no, no, no. I, I, I'll just look it up on the internet. I'm there sure you go. it's there. There you um, go. <laughs> uh, I had forgotten about those. I'm, uh, I'm also getting cheaper as I get older. Sure. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna buy a used. CD copy nowadays. I'm good I think, with that. Yeah. I think I still have my copy that I burnt off from a friend back in the mid '90s wow. or something. I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I've got that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's in a box somewhere. I just discovered uh, tangent. I just discovered an old box of like mostly Melissa's tapes. Oh wow! Uh, from when she's grown up, and it was a lot of pop stuff. And I was like, I don't remember buying whatever this was, you know. <laughs> I can't. I truly can't remember what it was, but it was just. It was something where I was like, "Did I actually buy that?" Right. That's not Echo and the Bunnymen. What is that? <laughs> or something. Anyway, but but yeah. So I still have a lot of stuff like sure. that sitting around somewhere. Yeah. Um. And I, I will. I did make it back to listen to a few things since we've been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. I just I, yeah. For some reason, that one always is a stumbling block for me, and I don't know. And I think it's just a production. But yeah, yeah, maybe well, so. I'll get, I'll get back to it. Yeah, but uh, this, yeah, know. there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's I not think. the poo poo it in any sort of way. <laughs> I think it's a great album. <laughs> it was the fault of the government 